Wasn't that an amazing video to see God at work? So over the last few Sundays, we have preached a sermon series titled Finishing the Work. Pastor Bill has discussed what it truly means to be a part of the mission of Christ and missionary and spreading the gospel to the lost world. We have discussed three different ways to do that. Reconciling the lost, which means to live our lives so, so happy for Christ that we actually give an expressive invitation for those to join us on our journey. Reproducing disciples, which is taking the time out of your life to show someone the truth of Christ. And as we wrap up this amazing series today, we're going to talk about radical sacrifice and actually what that means in Scripture and what that means for us as Christ followers. Radical sacrifice is defined and is a Christ call to reach the rejected and the broken, meaning to invest your time, money, talents, gifts, and even your own life for the life of another. And we have to ask our question, where we have to ask the question, where does radical sacrifice come from? We also have to we also have to examine ourselves. Do I have the love? Do I have the potential to live out a radical life? As you see, as we see in the video, uh, these two parents took in a 17-year-old girl who was an unwed mother. Knowing that they might not have the finances to do so, they took her in anyway. What an incredible call that is. But you have to ask yourself, where did that come from? Was it a part of them? Was it something natural? Was it something that pulled them to do this great act? We have to understand that how our radical sacrifice reflects the radical sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that if we don't have that radical love as God has a radical love for us, then our sacrifices are in vain. We have to understand that we have to define love what is according to the scripture. I had a brother once ask me, he says, how can I love people if I don't love myself? How can I give all to the poor if I don't love myself? And how can I share the love of Christ if I don't know that Christ loves me? And that's kind of a heavy heart, right? Something that I used to hear growing up saying, oh, something that I used to, that I grew up hearing around my house is love changes you. That if it's a real love, you're changed for it. That it betters you. It doesn't, it doesn't break you. It's not toxic, but it betters you. It pushes you to your limits and it says, go even further than before. Have we experienced that love? Some of us haven't. Some of us have never experienced that radical, true love to say, you know what? Even if I fall on my face, that love is there. Some of us have come into the world experiencing broken love, experiencing love that is limited by our attitude or by our actions. If I mess up, he or she won't love me anymore. If I don't act perfectly, if I don't get straight A's, then my family will not love me. You see, the thing is, is that in this world, we are bound and we are limited to what love looks like. Love doesn't change us. 
and we are not willing to change for love. But what if I was to tell you there, that there was a man that knowing that he would go through pain loved you anyway? What, would I, what if I was to tell you that, that I knew a man that no matter what I said or what I did, he said, I love you anyway? What if, what if I was to say that that love was so great to me that I changed for it, that I gave up everything in my life for this man? You would say that's preposterous. Why would you do that? Why, why would you base your whole life on the center of one person's love? What if I was to tell you that this man died for me on the cross? That when he got nailed to the cross, when he was whipped and abused and mocked, that he did it for me and he did it for you? Amen. What, 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 what if I was to tell you that this love has no end? That this love is not limited or bound by time or space. That this love is ever changing who you are. That if we give ourselves this great love, then we truly will learn to love ourselves and to love others. So as we go, as we move on to our sermon today, um, we're going to say a moment of prayer and we're going to ask God to bless this time as we learn to really encounter his love through radical sacrifice. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you. We graciously ask you to bless us in this moment. We graciously ask, Father God, that the message that is spoken today reaches our hearts and, and deepens our minds and, and deepens our seeking for you and of you. We ask, Heavenly Father, that if, if anyone in this room has encountered a love other than yours, let them encounter that love today. Let them experience the true gospel message. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you just make truth known to us today. In Christ we pray. Amen. And if you guys have your Bibles, I would love for you guys to join me in Colossians chapter 3. And so we're going to kind of be, um, Colossians 3 is going to be our main scripture, but we're actually going to be reading different scriptures to back up this kind of message. So one of the things that I have to, that we have to understand, that I've come to realize, that God's love for us is so radical that He calls us out. He calls us out of the life, our lifestyles. He calls us out. He calls us out from the things that ultimately can harm us in order for us to be re-identified. See, we have to understand that in this world. Our nature is to identify love with the things around us. Our nature is to identify love with promiscuity. We are, are we blinded, we chase after certain aspects of life to say, you know what? If I am, if I do this, then I will be accepted. If I do this, then I will be truly loved. But in reality, we come to realize that that love is actually, it's not permanent that that love is no longer useful to us, or we're not useful to that love unless we are committing certain acts, or unless we are striving ourselves to please those people. But what if I tell you that if we encountered the radical love of Jesus Christ, that it gives us a new identity? So one of the main points today, the first point I'm going to make, is the radical love of God brings us to a new identity. 
And what does that actually look like, a brand new identity? And as I said, we're going to be, uh, Colossians 3 is going to be our main scripture, but we're going to look at other scriptures to back up this one. So if you guys would join me in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 19. And it says, Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed. Behold, all new things have be, behold, all things have become new. Now all things of now all things are, are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that was God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not and putting their sin against them, and has committed has committed to us the world of reconciliation. And so you guys, what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is the act of, through Jesus Christ, that God has bonded a relationship with the world. Reconciliation means that God has made a friendship with us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that he has pulled us in into a new start for ourselves. That he's pulled us into a grace that is forgiving all sin. We have, to, we have to remember that no longer can I identify with what the world has for me. And that if I focus my life on Christ, then begins my new identity. You see, we have to understand that the world offends, the world offers a temporary love. And if we do not understand, if we do not understand love, we will not understand sacrifice. A lot of times I think about marriage, how a husband and wife are joined as one. And if the wife doesn't love the husband, she won't sacrifice for him. And if the husband does not love the wife, or they do not understand what true love is, they will not better or sacrifice for each other. There will be no moving forward. There will be no <coughs> transformation of each other. So we have to understand that Christ has come and died on the cross to not only reconcile us, but give us a new identity. To give us, to give us something brand new, to say, you know what? God's love is so great that he has wiped my slate clean. That everything that I ever thought defined me no longer defines me. I'm renamed, I'm reborn, and I'm recreated. <coughs> so ask yourselves, have I ever encountered something like that in my life? Have I ever encountered a love so great that radically changes me? And then you have to think on the opposite side. Have I ever encountered a love that keeps me in the lifestyle that's ultimately destroying me? Have I encountered a love that says, no, 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 if you don't do this, if you don't act like this, then my love is temporary. And you find yourselves running and rushing to perfect yourself. But Christ tells us in Scripture that we are brand new. That nothing we can do can keep Him from us. But you see, you have to understand that God calls us out to call us in. God is not a God who's going to put your sins on a computer screen or a mega screen, but He will speak to you privately. 
ultimately changing you privately so that he can transform you publicly. And so we have to understand once we gain this new identity, what that, do I just stop there? No. Our new identity comes from deeply falling in love with God. The scriptures say, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. We have to understand, have we ever been called by something outside of our own name? God calls you beloved. God calls you child. He calls you saved. But have you ever experienced a time when you were called outside your name? A name that is so painful that even if you think about it, even if you think about the moment, it almost brings you to tears. What if I was to say your new identity in Christ says that no longer matters? What if I was to tell you that new identity in Christ is edging your destination and is paving the way for a fresh new step? What if I was to say that your new identity calls you to radically sacrifice for those around you? And you say, how can that be possible? You see, God teaches us love so that we may love others like him. And how does that happen? How does God teach me his divine love? And how do I do that? How do I seek God so much that I am transformed by that great love? So if you guys would join me in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And like I said, this is going to be kind of our, our main point where we're making. So it goes on to say in verse 1, it says, Then you will raise with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the things of earth. You see, Paul is telling, Paul is telling us, in order for us to truly know our identity, our focus, and our time must be on Jesus Christ. Amen. In order for us to discover this great love, we must not base our worth on the things of earth, but we must base our worth on the things that are coming from heaven. We must understand that the love that is deeply broken for us can ultimately heal us. And you say, I've never experienced that kind of love in my life before. A love that truly waits for me. A love that truly has healed me. And one of the great things about Jesus Christ is Christ is saying, I'm healing you every day. Every moment you seek me, every time you speak my name, I am with you. And ultimately, I am carving you into something great. But what happens when we have this identity, this brand new identity, and we begin to seek Christ 100% of the time? Something happens to us. Just because we say we have a new identity does not mean we are truly transformed. So what happens when we encounter this brand new identity? First, we have to understand that we have to seek God every day. We have to seek the grace of God, and we have to seek the strength of God. Our new identity comes with struggles. But at the same time, this is where God is going to slowly start to morph you and mold you into his design. 
So you say, now that I've encountered this great love, and this great love, this love that's called Jesus Christ, has given me a brand new identity, what now? Should I wait? Should I stand still? No. Goodness sake, don't. Now that you've encountered a love that is unbreakable, unshakable, unchangeable, no matter what the world says, run. Run completely after it with every ounce of who you are. What happens when we run after this love and we encounter this great love that is so powerful? We transform. Every ounce of who we are as a human being is no longer the same. So our second point that we are making today is our new identity in Christ brings a radical transformation. Now you say, now you say, that's kind of hard, isn't it? to change, to break a habit, to go from one extreme to another. That's difficult, definitely for humans, for people. You see, the thing is, is that our lives in this world, we get so adapted and so used to how we are treated, we almost believe that's how we should live. But now Christ has given us a brand new identity and a brand new love. Therefore, that new identity is in that love we are changed. Now, it goes to say in Colossians 3, 5, you guys would love, I would love for you guys to join me there. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. So we just read, right, we just read to not focus on the earth. That we need, that we need to focus on Christ and focus on the heavenly things. The things that are untakeable from the world. But now you're saying, wait, 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 wait. Now that I'm focusing on this great love, now this love is telling me to let go of the things that I know. So what are the things that we know? What are the things that are honestly driving us in our lives? And it says in verse 5, it says, Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil, desires, and covetousness, which is adultery. And in verse 8 it says, but, you are, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language of your mouth. We have to understand that our new identity is not only meant for us, but meant to impact the world. We have to understand these things that Paul is telling us to get rid of is ultimately destroying us. We have to understand that these things in our lives we identify with. We identify with passion. We identify with sex outside of marriage. We identify with anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy. So we start to understand that these things in our life have to be given over. That Christ is saying, in order for you to impact the world, you must mimic me. In order for you to be fully molded to what I have for you, you must let her the things that are not of me. And it's kind of hard, right? That's kind of hard. And you say, wait, dude, do you know how long I've been living this life and you're telling me to change? No, I'm not telling you to change. 
the gospel is. You see, the thing is, I can sit here and tell you to change. But until you actually encounter the divine truth that brings change, you won't change. You cannot change unless you have the divine truth. And the divine truth only comes from Jesus Christ. We have to understand that these things that Paul is saying to get rid of in your life are not the things that are just we have to take lightly. These things we have to take divinely serious. These things in our life actually affect your witness. If I am standing up here and I am preaching the gospel to you and I go home and I'm caught up in these acts that Christ has told me to rid myself of and then you come back and say, if he can't, if he's not changing, I won't change. You see, we have to understand that things of this world as Christians, we cannot engage in. If we truly want to be Christ followers, then we have to be committed to Christ followers. You see, the thing is, something someone said, once said to me one day, and I, I would never forget it. He said, are you a fan or are you a follower? You see, fans sit in the stadium and cheer on their favorite team. Followers, they mimic. Right. Followers, they commit and they say, you know what? I'm going to get to where you are. That is a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, you have to understand that our witness is in the balance. If we do not commit ourselves to be fully transformed in the love identity and the radical love God has given us, then we cannot bear or be the light of the world. You see, we cannot be light and live in darkness. We can't. And that's a struggle. Because so many people in this world, they're so used to they're so used to darkness. They they have this scale to say, you know what? There's two there are two different Christians. Christians that truly live for Jesus Christ and Christians that kind of scale the truth. Right? Christians that say, you know what? I can live this way and worship Jesus. And those people that are up here, those people that are truly walking, eventually I'll get there. But you have to understand that that radical love tells us that we, ha we are all here. We are all settled in the same uniqueness. We are all bound in the same love and we are all bound in the same transformation. So now we've talked about how we have gained a new love and this love has told you that you're brand new. And in this love we've gained a new identity because of identity we're transformed radically. So we have to understand, we have to understand how far does Christ want us to go for this radical transformation? How far are you willing to go for this radical transformation? It says in Romans 12, 2, if you guys would love to join me there.
So I'm going to actually go ahead and read verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So you ask yourself, you say, now that God has given me this identity, now that God has given me this great love that is forever a part of who I am, and now God is saying, in my love, through my sacrifice on the cross, you, you, my friend, are transformed. You are called my child. You are called the light of the world. You are called my follower. Not only my follower, but my friend. Now we have to understand that now that we have been radically transformed, you're saying, well, Romans 12 says that we have to be living sacrifices. We have to understand that we cannot if we cannot sacrifice our lives for Christ, then we cannot sacrifice our love for others. We have to understand that if I'm not willing to give over who I am to God, then I'm not willing to give up who I am for someone else to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that through our, transform our radical transformation, we have to understand that it's a daily act. It's an act of surrenderance and repentance. It's an act, it is an act pleasing and honorable to God to say, no longer is this going to be in my way. Something Pastor Bill said that, that really struck with me a couple weeks ago, he might have said it last Sunday, he said, the problem with people today is they run into themselves. But the problem with Christians today is they run into themselves. Christians say, well, if no one knows, then it's okay. Christians say, well, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable talking to you, so therefore I want to share the gospel with you. But don't you think that if we remove ourselves out of the way, just like Romans 12 says, do you not think that Christ will step in the way? Do you not think that if we if we give more and more of ourselves away, that God will fill more and more of Him in us? And it goes on to say after verse one, it says, "And and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God." I love that. It's actually one of my favorite verses in Scripture. And it talks about, do not be conformed to the world. So what is the world, per se? The world is everything that is not God. The world is everything that we as Christians accept that is not God. And most importantly, the world is a love that is temporary. And Christians, we have fallen into this habit to say, I will love the world and I will love God. But God says, no, no, you must love me and deny the world. Christians have fallen into this dangerous place where it says, although I know the love of God, I will not preach the love of God. 
Although I know the love of God, I would not be willing to go to the far ends of the earth for the love of God. Although I love and I know God, I would not love you. You see, Christians have fallen into this dangerous place that has gotten us here now. Something that God brought to my attention, he said, without radical, without a radical sacrifice, there would be no radical change. And without radical change, we cannot experience radical love. And without radical love, we cannot experience a radical death. And you see, those go hand in hand. We, as Christians, cannot say we know the love of God but do not love others. We, as Christians, cannot afford to sit on our hands and not have a change. What you do not change in your life, ultimately, will mislead someone else away from Christ. Remember that. You think that because it's behind closed doors, it will not lead someone away. It will. The radical transformation is a commitment to Jesus Christ to say, wherever you take me, I will go. Wherever you need me, I will be there. Wherever your love is, I will worship. Now we have to understand, you say, God has brought me into a radical identity and he has brought me into a radical transformation. But you say, Ray, what does all this have to do with radical sacrifice? I'm, I'm, quite, I'm kind of not sure what that means and I'm not sure how to approach it. We have to understand that a third point that I'm going to make today is Christ died as a radical sacrifice for us. So, so we may live a life of radical sacrifice for those around us. And you say, what does that necessarily mean? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for, for, for me? Let's go back to what radical sacrifice is ultimately defined as. It is a, call, it is a Christ call to reach, the, to reach out to the rejected and the broken meaning to invest our time, our money, our talents and gifts in service of in service of our love for others, even if it's an uncomfortable, even if it's an uncomfortable start. We have to understand that now that we know a radical love, we must be radical love. Now that we know we are forgiven, we must be forgiveness. Now that we know we are worthy of the death of Jesus Christ, and now that the death of Jesus Christ has come and radically transformed us, we must be that transformation to the world. We must show the world what it's truly like to know Jesus Christ. And to know Jesus Christ is to truly be centered in the love of God. I love the example of the video today. That is the love of God. That is a true transformation, transformation from self-centered to Christ-centered. Just say, I don't know you, but I love you. Because, because God has loved me, I will love you. And because that love of Christ is pouring through me, I will share with you the Holy Gospel. And we have to understand, 
So you say radical sacrifice is basically giving up your selfish interests for another. Yeah. Because God has taught you what love is truly like. So what is what happens now? Now that we've been radically transformed, now that we've given we've been given a radical love, we understand what radical love is, we understand what radical sacrifice is, and we understand radical transformation, what then? Where do we go from there? We go to the world. We go to the world. But most importantly, we go to the people who are truly broken. And something that I really love about the gospel is it says that you are a new creation, but it doesn't say forget where you come from. Why? You know why? Because there's someone in the world that has gone and will be going through and is now going through exactly what God rescued you from. So how fair is that for us not to be transformed for the, from the gospel for another person? God, did not, God saved you because he loved you, yes, but God saved you so that you can bring that same salvation message to another person. You see, God understands every aspect of being human. He understands that we need a friend. He understands that we need someone to come alongside us and say, I've been there. I know you. I've been you. I was you. But now, I'm a child of God, and so can you be. You're not too broken to be healed. You're not too far to be rescued. You are not too rejected to be loved. That is the gospel message. But yet, Christians are not giving that message. They're saying, here's a checklist. Be perfected. Come to the church paid in gold before you can come to the altar. That is not the gospel message. The gospel message says and is because I love you, love others. You see, the center of radical sacrifice is love. And Christ has taught us what true love is. So how far do we go with this radical sacrifice? What does a radical sacrifice look like? And how can we walk in radical sacrifice for the gospel? So, join me in Acts chapter 4, which has now honestly become one of my favorite chapters in Acts. Um, it was so funny when I was planning the sermon, Pastor Bill was like, you got to read Acts 4. you got to read Acts 4. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I think I'll get there when I get there. And, and I actually sat down and, and I read Acts chapter 4, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I said, that is the symbol. That is the, the whole point of Jesus Christ. There, right there. And so, I'm super excited, so sorry. <laughs> um, join me in Acts chapter, four, Acts chapter 4, verse 1. So this is Peter and John. This is 
Uh, this is when they actually are preaching, I believe, in Rome, right? And they are going to the synagogue to preach Jesus. And it says in verse 1, Now as they spoke to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sabbatees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So we have to understand that we've come to a point in our Christian walk as we, as we are being transformed. Not only to preach Jesus in our actions, but to preach Jesus in our words. And we cannot preach light if we speak and live in darkness. Now, we have to understand the point of radical sacrifice, like I, like I defined, was to give up one's own personal interests or even our very lives for another, for the love of another. And here in Peter and John's arrest, it is the perfect example. Here, Peter and John have gone into the temple and they are preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amongst the people, they preach Jesus, even though they knew, I might lose my life. See, we have to understand, because of radical sacrifice, we understand that the life of Christ is more important than the life of mine. We understand that the life of others, to know Christ, is more important than the life that I care. Because ultimately, this is not a home. Heaven is. But here on earth, it is time for the world to know Jesus at any cost. That is radical sacrifice. Because I am radically loved, I will radically sacrifice anything I have if it is possible for one person to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, and they laid their hands on them and put them in custody until the next day it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believing and, and the number of men that came to be, to came to believe, to come to believe, was 5,000. Can you imagine that? Can you truly imagine if we as Christians live radically for Jesus Christ, if we as Christians radically love as Jesus Christ, not 5,000, but 10,000. Maybe 20,000 will be saved in a lifetime. Yeah. But it starts with you. Right. How far are you wanting this radical change? How far are you wanting to know this radical love? How much are you willing to know this radical sacrifice? And like I said, the love that God has given you is not just for yourselves, but for those around you. The broken communities in our, in, in our cities, they need the love of Jesus Christ. Those who are struggling with lifestyles, they need the love of Jesus Christ. One of the things that I have greatly understood that I actually I work in a warehouse. And the guys that I work with, they're, they're, they're they're great guys, but they've come from rough paths. 
And one of the guys that I've been kind of speaking with, he, he's, a, he's actually turned into a great friend of mine. And we work alongside each other at the warehouse. And lately, we've been discussing Jesus. And at first, he was kind of like, uh, I, I, I believe. And what I didn't realize is he was watching me after that pivotal moment of, of Jesus. He stepped back and he started watching me, watching my life and who I was and how I spoke and how I treated those guys around me. And I can imagine the thoughts that were going through his head where if he's a Christian, then he should act like that. He brought Jesus to me, but do I see Jesus in him? Do I see Jesus in him? And so it was a couple weeks later that me and him were, were kind of, we were breaking down some product from a semi-truck, and he, he nervously kind of was, he, he kind of hesitated to talk to me. And I said, what's up, dude? Like, you got something to say? Come on, let's talk. And he said, he said, what makes you believe? He goes, what makes you believe in Jesus? And I said, because he loved me. And so we sat down and we started talking about this radical love of Jesus Christ, the love of Christ died on the cross for me. And we, I left, it, we left it at that. And so a week later he came to me and he said, he said, I want to tell you something, but I'm kind of nervous to tell you. And I said, what's up, dude? You can be honest with me. He goes, I want to start reading the Bible. I said, that's awesome, dude. And he goes, but I don't know where to start. So each day, we, me and him sit down, and I share a little bit of Jesus with him. And then uh, a week, another week later, we're talking, and he says, he's talking to me, and he, he, again, he goes, I want to start reading the Bible. And I said, well, do it, dude. Go ahead. There's nothing to lose. And he said, you don't know me. You don't know the things that I've done. He goes, I'm not a clean person. And I said, you don't have to be clean to come to Jesus. That's right. Jesus That's right. cleans you. That's right. But the thing is, is it, it started with my life. It started with him watching me and listening to me. How do I deal with situations? You see, you have to understand that if we do not have an identity with Christ, we cannot show Christ. And if we do not take the time for Christ to radically transform us, even if it's uncomfortable, we cannot have a radical witness. So my question to you, brothers and sisters, is are you ready? Are you ready for this radical transformation? It only takes one step to surrender. Are you ready for a radical new identity? Are you ready to understand and be made whole by a radical love? But most importantly, when you know this love, are you ready to radically sacrifice everything you have for just one person in the gospel? And that's a challenge to all of you. Not only me, but the whole congregation is. Am I willing to radically sacrifice just for one person to hear the gospel? That if I die tomorrow, can I say I took that chance? So as we uh, as we pray and we close this lesson, and Pastor comes up and does an invitation, 
I want you guys to take home what I've said. Well, not only what I've said, but what God has brought to you. What needs to be changed in your life? What needs to be transformed? Most importantly, who needs to know the love of God? So let's pray and we'll do close. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you. We graciously ask you to bless this moment. We ask that your message today for radical sacrifice is so deepened in our hearts and our minds and our spirits that we go home and we say, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready for a radical transformation and I'm definitely ready for my radical sacrifice. Teach me and mold me and lead me to bear witness to you in all, in all that I do. But let me have a radical love for the people around me, for the communities that are broken, for the people who are rejected. Let me be the one to go to the one the world says is not worth it. How we to sacrifice me being comfortable for the gospel. But most importantly, help me to preach Jesus.